The famous American novelist F. Scott Fitzgerald said, Let me tell you about the rich. They're different from you and me. Hemingway, another famous American writer, responded, Yes, they have more money. Hey, it's Peter, and welcome to On Your Terms, a show all about personal reinvention based on meaningful work, autonomy, and living a happier, more intentional life. Ultimately, it's all about filling your backpack with whatever's missing so you can go and climb your mountain, where the climb is just as exciting as the peak. Now, I've spent a lot of time with rich people over the years, and I can tell you they have a lot more going for them than just more money, particularly those people who've actually earned their money. What they have is a set of beliefs and habits that allowed them to amass their fortunes in the first place. These days, you can't walk through an airport bookstore without tripping over a dozen books on how to get rich. Likewise, the internet is awash with get-rich blogs and websites, and most are helpful, but some are exceptional, like, for example, Mr. Money Mustache, or I Will Teach You To Be Rich. Sounds like a trite title, I know, but, but Ramit's content is absolutely brilliant and very, very blunt, which I appreciate. Anyway, I thought that this week I'd give you something much smaller and simpler, something that you can digest in five minutes flat. So here's what I know about the beliefs and the habits of wealthy people. And these beliefs and habits just happen to be mine as well. First up, more than anything, your beliefs shape your life, like it or not, including the level of wealth you attain. It comes as no surprise then that wealthy people tend to have very similar beliefs, including, for example, they believe that financial literacy is a critical life skill. They believe the government is not responsible for your financial well-being. And you need to take responsibility for your failures, even if they're caused by someone else. You should remain a student for life through books, courses and mentors. And don't take your financial cues from the media or from celebrities or from social media. A big one is they don't believe that money is the root of all evil. Poverty is. And money solves a lot more problems than poverty ever will. And it solves a lot more problems than it creates, especially where money works. I mean, try running a charity with no money. Also, you have all the time that you need, so prioritise your time based on what truly matters to you. If you look at where you spend your time, then that is clearly what matters most to you. So if it's not producing what you want, reprioritise it. They also believe you get paid based on outcomes, not hours. They believe that autonomy is more valuable than status and that freedom is the highest form of status. Also, hard work is the only thing that you can control. You can't always control the outcomes, but you can control how much effort you put in. And do it when you don't feel like it, and remain consistent. They also believe that honesty beats sneaky tactics hands down. Every deal must be a win-win, or else it's always a lose-lose. Also, using versus owning is often the smarter thing to do. For example, instead of owning a million-dollar holiday house and all the headaches that that comes with... Rent a $3 million one whenever you choose. That's what we do. And finally, one income source is risky. Have at least three. So that's the common beliefs of wealthy people, as I see it from my experience. Now let's talk about their habits. Because beliefs are wonderful, but on their own, they're kind of worthless. They need to actually manifest as actions, and those actions must become habits. Anything that you habitually do becomes your life, ultimately. So pay attention. These are pearls, these ones. First off is pay yourself first, even if it means going without, and especially when you can't afford it. Earl Nightingale, the man behind The Strangest Secret, uh, published in 1955, 
and George Glasson, the author of The Richest Man in Babylon, both advocated saving at least 10% of what you earn. Secondly, invest in long-term growth assets like quality real estate and index funds. Nothing else offers the leverage and tax breaks of real estate, and index funds have proven to outperform 96% of stockbrokers, so it's pretty hard to go wrong. And be patient, by that I mean 10 to 30 year timeline, and with real estate, always look for ways to enhance the asset's value. Also, ignore the Joneses. Define success with your own metrics, and don't buy into this compulsory consumption nonsense. Live with fewer things, but own good things. They last longer, which means they cost less over the long term, and they bring you more joy during the ownership. Seek functionality and quality over confected value. Confected value is usually driven by brand perception. I'll give an example. Victorinox watches are Swiss made and they contain ETA movements, a company called ETA in Switzerland. ETA movements are also in Omega and Tag Heuer watches, but the Victorinox watches cost a fraction of the price. Another one, only take advice from people who have consistently achieved over a few market cycles what you want to achieve. Another one, be hypersensitive to fees. Even small fees, especially in managed investments, can kill an investment because they compound the losses. Be very careful who you spend your time with because you will inevitably either sink or rise to their level. And guard your time like it's your most valuable asset because it is. Never borrow for depreciating goods, only for appreciating assets. And for most people, that means real estate. Leave yourself a financial buffer for emergencies and for market corrections. And finally, check your monthly expenses, especially things like direct debits, insurances, subscriptions, that kind of thing. Check them at least once a year and try and get a better deal each time you do a review. Now, I'm sure there are plenty that we could add to both of these lists. I didn't mention things like sleep, exercise, charitable giving, and and a ton of other things. But really, 99.9% of people won't even do a tenth of these things. And for the cynical among you, remember, money is neutral. It isn't good, and it isn't bad. It provides choices, that's all. And it amplifies outcomes. We owe it to ourselves and the people that we want to help to earn what we deserve. If you're not earning enough, look at your beliefs and habits and see how they measure up. The truth is, most of us can do better. Anyway, that's it for me for this week. This is episode number 61. So you'll find these two lists over at midlifetribe.com slash 61. And until we chat again next week, here's to living and working on your terms. Talk to you then. See ya. See ya.